Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So day two of the French Open is underway and we are coming to you with our third tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph, myself, David Law, in the uh, rather unusual surrounds of a wildlife centre uh, in the middle of the Cotswolds. Not something I expected to be saying to you, but that's where I am with my family. Catherine Whittaker, however, is in the thick of it at Roland Garros. Another interesting day of tennis over there. Catherine, how's it been? Still hot and humid, I think it is, over there, isn't it? Yeah, getting more humid by the minute. There are spots of rain around. It's about 6pm as we record this. But frankly, uh, we've been pretty lucky considering what the weather forecast was on the eve of the tournament a couple of days ago. We haven't had any rain interruptions and uh, fingers crossed that that continues because uh, I am here for the long haul because Heather Watson isn't even on court yet, David, uh, thanks to Dennis Isterman and Roberto Bautista Agut's heroic efforts uh, on court number three earlier on today. They kept that court occupied for about 14 hours So Heather Watson uh, has had a long wait to get on court today. Who ended up winning that match? Uh, Dennis Isterman, I believe. Dennis Isterman, yeah. What a great result for him. Another big scout for Isterman. And a good one before the Davis Cup for them against Great Britain, against whom I imagine he may end up playing against Cameron Norrie, who won today. I mean, it was uh, was an injury to his opponent, wasn't it? But, I mean, he was... He was winning comfortably when it ended. He was, and he was pretty um, bullish afterwards, which was nice. You know, obviously he said, look, it's not the way you want to win, but how do you rate how you were playing before uh, Goyovchik's retirement? And he said, I, I rate it really highly. I was playing great. Um, I love how he talks about his chances against Luca Puy in the next round. He loves the idea of being an underdog. He loves the idea of it being a Davis Cup at atmosphere Britain against France even though that atmosphere will mostly be in uh, Puy's favour he stands a chance I think against Luca Puy and, I, I, and uh, hey he, he is the underdog but I don't think he is silly to think he stands a chance I don't think that's naive or cocky I think he does have a chance you know Luca Puy is incredibly flaky and inconsistent and uh, Cameron Norrie's still a bit of an unknown quantity to these guys he is brimming with confidence you can practically it's sort of palpably oozing out of him he's a really great balance of 
of of cocky but but not arrogant and uh, yeah I, th- I think he's great he's uh, he's a bit of fresh air Cameron Norrie Luca Puy is an interesting one though isn't it he because you just don't really know what you're going to get from day to day with him I mean he's not as flashy maybe as Nick Kyrgios and people like that but he does have that ability to to turn it on when he's really in the mood he play, he can I remember when they played Britain in Davis Cup last year and he just took British players to the cleaners really and Norrie may suffer that because I think he's got a level that Norrie may not be able to live with but I do like the bullishness of, of Cameron Norrie I think that is part of the reason he does have a chance really um, so can I uh, <laughs> can I just interject David sorry um, to correct myself and to apologize to Paul Roberto Batista and also to Dennis Sisterman uh, his moment of glory there was was short-lived because I, I said he won because I think he was three love up in the fifth, which makes the fact that he did actually go on to lose <laughs> to Roberto Bautista 6-4 in the fifth all the more heartbreaking. Oh, so uh, apologies all round there. De- Dennis <laughs> was listening to this and he was thinking, God, did I, did I win? Oh, Maybe oh. it was all a dream. No, it didn't Yeah, happen. He definitely was three love up in the fifth. Uh, oh dear! <laughs> Not sorry. To worry. Not to worry. Uh, so, what what else has happened today so far? I think my prediction of Caroline Wozniacki's demise in the French Open has not come to pass. But it was close. Uh, she 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 won the first set on a tiebreak against Danielle Collins, and then it was one of those where you you are thinking, well. Collins needs to win the first set, otherwise this is not going to happen. And it was, I think it was, what, 7-6-5-1 when I left it. So unless there's the, the comeback of all comebacks about to take place, that's not happening, my prediction. Yeah, I don't think so. She really did mount a good challenge for a set, but then um, it all fell away uh, in pretty spectacular fashion, I have to say. Um, but we, we have had our fair share of upsets in the women's side so uh, it's not been a it's not been an uninteresting day put it that way no what what else has happened today that's uh, caught your eye uh well petra Kvitova was first up on chatre she avoided the upset but boy did she have to work for it against veronica chapede roy because uh, she was great was uh chapede roy she's a really um interesting player uh, I think and uh, Kvitova can be a bit of a slow starter she can be a bit of a slow player she is I think um, officially takes the most time between points of any uh, WTA player on average um, and she was I think warned at least once I think just the once uh, in the match today for the time she was taking between points but it's interesting she looks so dynamic during the points she really to me looks like she's moving extremely well on the clay and uh I, just, I love her attitude, you know, she's, she's, she didn't play Rome, so she's on a 12-match winning streak on clay from wow. Prague to Madrid to here, and, and, you know, she was asked about that after the match, and she said, oh, well, I've, I've got a way to go until I match Rafa. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's, she's downplaying it all as usual, but I think, um, I think, David, I put her in my finals, oh, in my, my predictions. Oh, my that's a I big know. call. She, she was temporarily but you know, the, in my the final. Recent, but... recent Grand Slams, David, have had a pattern of the victorious players coming through really tight battles early on. I think, I think what happened today can only be a good thing for Petra Kvitova's hopes in this tournament. 
Yeah, no, I, I certainly would agree with that. And, and the thing is, she is one of those players, isn't she? She's done it before. I mean, when she won Wimbledon the last time, she just about scraped past Venus Williams in one of the great matches of, of that Wimbledon fortnight. And then she ended up and obliterated Eugenie Bouchard in the final. I, I think I had her temporarily in my final and then deleted her name in favour of Alina Svitolina. But um, I, I was tempted because when she's on... You know, she's nigh on unplayable, and, but that was close today. She, she nearly went. Not the case, though, for, for Novak Djokovic and Dominic Team, who were just cruising, it seems, today. Whoa, I, I think that is a very reductive se- assessment of uh, the Novak Djokovic match. I didn't see much of Team, but yeah, it's certainly the glimpses that I caught, it certainly looked like he was extremely comfortable today. Um, I'd agree with that. And, it, and, it, and if I've misinterpreted the glimpses, uh, I got of him then I apologise but he looked in full control now Djokovic scoreline wise uh, was in full control um, but attitude wise and I don't know it's all about the aura with Djokovic isn't it it's all about his intensity Uh, and it was so back in Rome it was so so back it was back in parts in in Madrid you know the Nishikori match in in Madrid and it wasn't there today at all. He looked really flat. At times, he looked a bit sort of spaced out, almost. He looked, you know, he was he was doing a lot of uh, sort of deep blinking and just looking. I don't know. I, it, it's possible he had issues with his contact lenses. That's not unheard of for him. But I didn't see him go and um, you know change his contact lenses or anything. So I, I, I don't know. It's. Uh, it, it wasn't the Djokovic that we saw in Rome. It was more like the Djokovic of, of the early portion uh, of the season on the uh, on the US hard courts. And uh, I don't know, he got through in straight sets against uh, Dutra Silva. But uh, yeah, he is going to have to up his game considerably if he's to, re- to reach the semi-finals, which is where I've, I've got him getting to well actually it's not about upping his game it's about yeah it's about finding that defiance and relentlessness it's the same old thing it's the same old thing we thought he was back we really did and uh, I don't know today was a a step a tentative step backwards by by my assessment therein lies the issue Catherine of of watching live scores which is what I've been reduced to today because it is Bank Holiday Monday in the UK and I've been having uh, liaisons with uh, giraffes and monkeys and camels with my two kids and we're having a whale of a time I've been watching all the live scores following Twitter and I'm looking at Novak Djokovic and thinking oh this is easy (laughs) he's just won in straight sets and uh, Catherine tells me uh, that the story is very different so yeah it it does happen like that sometimes Um, the, the big story that, that I've been following on social media now I, you sent me a photo of yourself in a scrum a media scrum lined up to talk to the world 190 who'd had an overnight car ride nine hours to take a position as lucky loser in this tournament what happened? Yeah, Marco Trangoliti is uh, the man that has stolen the hearts of Paris. He is the biggest story in town today, courtesy mostly of his wife, who um, captured the whole story of the last 24 hours of, uh, of Marco's life on social media, and it's just really caught fire. He was uh, a final round loser in qualifying, and as we've been discussing, a lot of those uh, have made their way into the main draw, courtesy of uh, pre- uh, match withdrawals 
And uh, as a result of Nick Kyrgios's withdrawal on uh, Saturday, was it Saturday? Was it yesterday? Was it only yesterday, David? They're all blending into one. I think it was only yesterday, Sunday. Um, as a result of that, uh, there was a space for a lucky loser, and uh, Marco Trangoliti was the man. But unfortunately, he was already back home uh, in Barcelona with his brother, uh, his mum, and uh, his uh, 89-year-old grandma Daphne. Uh, and uh, he made the decision straight away. Uh, I'm going to go to Paris. My grandma and my mother are going to come with me. There were several flight cancellations uh, between Barcelona and Paris due to, to strikes uh, on transport, ne- transport networks here in France. So he didn't trust the planes. He thought the only way to be guaranteed to get there is to hop in a car. So uh, he bundled his mum and his grandma into the back. Uh, his wife and his brother were there as well. <laughs> And set off on the nine-hour journey uh, to Paris. He had, he thinks, about four and a half hours sleep. Rocked up this morning, was scheduled first on the new court nine against Bernard Tomic, himself a qualifier. And he won, I think, in four sets and is now into round two. And uh, he is the most charming man. He's taking it... I don't, actually, I think taking it in his stride would uh, would not be fair. He's definitely drinking in the moment, but in a completely um, irreverent kind of. Uh, he's also enjoying it with a little bit of irony. I think it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's just a nice, uplifting uh, story. And uh, if you want to check out his wife's Instagram, I uh, I heavily recommend it because uh, it's a treat. <laughs> well, I mean, but isn't that just? one of the great stories i mean you know many years ago i think we've talked about it before we had andre pavel the romanian player who who left on the eve of his grand slam quarterfinal at the french open against alex correccia so that he could be present for the birth of his child and and he managed to get there he, i don't know whether he actually made the, the birth or not but he, he was able to see the baby come back and still have no sleep and managed to play his his quarterfinal he lost it but this guy has done a similar sort of journey and and managed to win i mean you know this is a huge moment for him because i mean also financially to get back in into that draw he's about fifty thousand pounds better off than he was this time yesterday i think it's actually a little bit less than that david because there's the whole splitting your your splitting a portion of the prize money with the person that's withdrawn i had read forty thousand euros but uh Anyway, whatever it is, he's more than doubled his prize money for the year. And uh, there are some glorious quotes in the press conference where he talks about um, his grandma not really being into tennis, but she was in the stands for the match today, 89 years old, and it was uh, it was blooming hot and sweaty. Uh, she went nine <laughs> hours, today. 89 years old. And she'd been in the car for nine hours, uh, <laughs> being, being mainline espresso into her veins by the sounds of things. And... Uh, she said to him that she didn't realise he'd won uh, and it was the end of the match until everyone uh, stood up and started clapping. <laughs> that is, is amazing. A, a lovely little touch. Now, David, I, I genuinely could talk about Marco Trangoliti all day long. However, um, I have to go and film some highlights links. So can we... I think you better. We, we'll talk later when we more stuff's happened. <laughs> we will resume momentarily. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in, being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times. Well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So, Catherine, we're back. What's happened since we last spoke? I mean, Rafa, the Dow's played a set and it was a, a good bit closer than I was expecting. Oh, you don't want to hear about the uh, the glorious highlights links I just report, uh, recorded then. Uh, no, oh, what are those? <laughs> uh, they are that they are they are not what the tennis podcast listeners want to hear about. Uh, Nadal has okay. won a set, David, but he is a breakdown in the second. Um, no. I'm not necessarily uh, holding the front page. But uh, he is two love down in the second set. A Gasquet wow. is storming to victory against Andrea Seppi. I thought that might be a bit more of a match. Karolina Pliskova um, is embroiled in quite a contest against, I must admit, a, a player I don't know, a fellow Czech, Krajicova. Uh Yeah, no, I hadn't heard of her when I read her name before either. It was, you know, I saw it was 6-5, but... Is it one of those nights when it feels a little bit as though something's in the air? Yeah, I mean, rain is certainly in the air. It is actually starting to fall down a little bit harder as I stand here in the glamour of the uh, the broadcast compound. It's certainly not hard enough that they'll stop play, but, um, yeah, it's certainly uh, worsening rather than getting better. Um, Heather Watson really doesn't want the rain to come because she's a set and a break up against Oceane Dodan at the moment. Elise Mertens has lost the first set, David. 11-9 on the tie break to Vivara Lepchenko. Crikey, I know she's only happening. the 16th seed, but, I, but I, given the form she's had on the clay, I think that would be a real shock first round exit uh, if Mertens were to go out 6-5 uh, in the second set. Belinda Bencic is playing. I think uh, Naomi Osaka won through earlier. Yeah, suddenly it, there's... I don't know, there were a lot of long matches earlier on in the day and it feels like there's still a lot of tennis still to be played tonight and maybe maybe some 
potentially quite exciting tennis. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. J- just give me a sense. I mean, you've got Nadal, he's up against Simone Bellelli of Italy, isn't he? And I mean, I know when they played, I think Bellelli didn't win six games in the whole match. And here he is, he's won six games, he's a breakup. He, I mean, he lost that first set 6-4. That alone is not the sort of thing that has been happening to Nadal. That 50-set run he had, I mean, he was, he was averaging losing a couple of games a set in 50 sets. So, I mean, one thing I wanted to know, I mean, given the way the weather is, if you remember when when he played Zverev in Rome and he was just dominating him, I know Zverev was tired and all that, but it was hot and sunny and the ball was zipping off the surface. Then it started to get overcast and the conditions just completely changed. Does it does it feel like that may be a factor? Yeah, so well, I mean, it's still very, very warm, but it is heavy. It's humid, it's heavy. He certainly would have preferred to play in, in the conditions that, that Djokovic got to play in earlier on today, for example. in the condi- I mean, the conditions for the Kvitova match, which started 11 o'clock this morning, were... Were pretty much perfect yes it was warm but it was it was pretty lovely Nadal certainly would have enjoyed that but this is the worst period of the day for, for, for Nadal without question look I have 99.9% confidence he's going to come through against Bellelli that will definitely get edited out David uh, should should the unthinkable happen um, but uh, yeah I, it, it yeah Nadal will be looking at the skies and not particularly enjoying what he's seeing right now no, very, very strange feel to the place David, I have just to at go. the moment. She's I, three love up. Bye. Oh, my goodness, all happening. Bye bye. Well, you now join us many hours later. Catherine Whitaker is finally back home, and a lot has happened since we last spoke here on the Tennis Podcast, including, Catherine, I think the storm of all storms, the one I had in the West Midlands yesterday that led to people swimming down the street, literally doing breaststroke on the street, and that came to Roland Garros today, didn't it, and interrupted Rafael Nadal, who was two sets to love up, but love three down against Simona Bellelli. Yeah, in dramatic fashion, the rain, the rain intervened. I've heard stories about the uh, the uh, tennis club in Edgbaston where they hold the uh, the women's pre Wimbledon event. I've heard uh, 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 stories about that being submerged in some pretty dramatic um, water. So f- fingers crossed that they can uh, dewater that site before the tournament in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was the last thing that Rafael Nadal wanted, wasn't it? They came on, uh, the referee or, or uh, yeah, the, the referee came on at uh, two sets all, uh, sorry, at two sets to love to Rafa and uh, asked him what he thought about the pretty torrential rain at that stage. And he just uh, picked up his racket and walked to the baseline pretty much. And, and as if to say, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be playing through this. And uh, I wonder if he now regrets that because uh, I'm not suggesting, no offence, Simone Bellelli, I'm not suggesting it's the start necessarily of his big comeback. But equally, I don't think uh, the last thing Nadal wanted was to come back um, tomorrow. And he certainly didn't want to come back tomorrow, love three down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, David, I I, I still think he'll be fine. Uh, but... Yeah, it, it's it's not for for a man as meticulous as Nadal. It's not the ideal start for him. 
No, I mean, it does add just a little bit of intrigue, doesn't it, to what has been largely billed as an absolute walk in the park for the guy. And I always I often think that's a little unfair on him because he has to work so hard to win these 10 Roland Garros titles. It doesn't just happen at the click of fingers, but that's how he makes it seem at times because he's he's so dominant. When we last spoke, Karolina Pliskova was in a bit of a battle against uh, Krychikova, her compatriot. Uh, well, anyway, in the, in the end, Pliskova won it 7-6-6-4, so that got done. And you were just rushing off because it looked like Heather Watson was about to finish, and she did, and she actually won a match, and that hasn't happened very often of late. No, she's really interesting, actually, because she kept on telling us uh, me, ITV, the press conference room before the tournament, that how confident she was feeling. And everyone sort of thought, oh, either she's sort of lying or she's lying to herself or it's a kind of fake it till you make it thing because how, how can you possibly be feeling confident if you've won one match since January? Um, and I spoke to her both in the very immediate aftermath of her win uh, tonight over Ocean Dodin and uh, a couple of hours afterwards and... And she sort of re-emphasized the point that somehow, you know, she she accepted that, you know, generally uh, confidence comes with wins, but it doesn't necessarily. Uh, she said, you know, she felt like she talked a lot about how she felt she was sleeping right uh, and eating right. And she just she just knew that she felt different. And uh, yeah, that was giving her a whole, whole lot of confidence. And she was the least surprised person that she won today. And uh, she doesn't know who she plays yet because Elise Mertens and Vavara Lepchenko aren't yet finished, although Elise Mertens has turned things around uh, and was leading three love in the deciding set when Rain intervened. So I very much suspect it will be Elise Mertens. Uh, and despite a um, a Belgian journalist showing up to a press conference and desperately uh, trying to press Heather into giving him a quote about playing Elise Mertens, uh, she wasn't having any of that fen- fate tempting <laughs> she bless her she really wasn't he yes. did, i mean both of them knew what was going on he just needed the quote about playing elise mertens and she just didn't want to you know tempt fate in any way and uh, it was a bit of a standoff um and you yeah, well, well, we've all been there we, we? we've all been there um but yeah i rather suspect it will be elise mertens and you know look she she will likely lose that match i guess mertens 16 seed on great form having the absolute time of her life but i don't know she's 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 on her way to convincing me heather watson i certainly don't think um i certainly don't think she's having us on with the whole confidence thing i really think she feels confident and as bizarre as that might seem to us we're not in her shoes we're not in her shoes she it might be only her second no. match win since january but i believe that how she's telling us she, she that she feels is is accurate great well that's good news from a british perspective particularly after johanna conta's loss yesterday uh, incidentally carl edmund's match is going to take place tomorrow he is second on court three against alex diminor um one player who lost and I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it because he lost in five sets today, Catherine, is last year's runner-up, Stan Wawrinka. I mean, I think, you know, it's a, it's a disappointment for him to lose. And I mean, he's he's got an alarming drop in rankings. He's down to 256 in the world after that. Uh, Andy Murray, incidentally, down to 155, apparently, because of, obviously those two went to the semis, uh, in Murray's case, final for Wawrinka. But the fact that he at least took it to five, I, I see as a good a good little step for him, really. 
Yeah, I think. I mean, I think he was a set and a breakdown at one stage, but equally he was two sets to one up, and and uh, yeah, it is. It is, and look, Guillermo Garcia Lopez, a very good clay court player, and I think uh, Favrinka had lost to Guillermo Garcia Lopez here in 2014 when he was the reigning Australian Open champion. So the next slam uh, after that victory in Melbourne. So look, it can happen. It could have happened to him, you know, even if he was on the best of form and in full fitness. But I'm not sure... I'm not sure how much of a barometer that is of of, of where Vavrinka's at. I don't know. I, I it's oh, it's difficult to separate the head from the heart, as you so often say on Twitter, David, on the Vavrinka one, because yeah, he, yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's a it's a first round loss so, uh, at a at a, another Grand Slam, isn't it? And although he made it to second round in, in Australia, didn't he? But um, yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell from what he's saying, he is physically fit and pain-free now, and it's just a wet... Uh, That's the main yeah, thing Yeah, it me. is, and I, I'm very pleased to, to hear that. So it's just, therefore, a question of working himself back and, 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 and build confidence. But, you know, let's remember that Vavrinka was an incredibly late bloomer anyway. <laughs> you know, it took him... It took him yeah, a decade true. of his career to to get to the to get to the position that he he incredibly worked himself into. So he he doesn't have um, that luxury of time again. So he needs to no, no. activate that muscle memory quickly, I guess. But it's it re-emphasizes again for me how tiny, tiny, tiny the margins are because I watched him in practice this morning on Suzanne Longland Court and he hits the ball as sweetly as ever. There is absolutely no difference whatever in the way Stan Wawrinka hits forehands and backhands. I was marvelling and glorying in the way he was hitting the tennis ball. Um, I thought, he, you know, as as, as much as I, I can be a, a, a judge and it's difficult to be an objective judge if it's not in a match situation. He didn't have Guillermo Garcia Lopez at the other end of the net. He had a hitting partner, but I thought he was moving decently, you know, and I thought, yeah, great. He looks great. But what can I read into that? You know, these margins are so, so minute at the top end of the game that, you know, he he's, he's probably only a few percent off his best, but a few percent leaves him at 200 and, and whatever in the world. Yeah, especially after all those injury problems. Catherine, uh, when we come back in a day or two's time when Marco Trungaletti is playing, uh, I'd like to be able to speak to you about this new lucky loser rule and, and players being able to, to not play and still get half their, their money in the first round. But we haven't got time for that today. What we have got time for very quickly is just to look ahead tomorrow because it is the big return. It is Serena Williams playing a Grand Slam match for the first time since the Australian Open last year year and a half ago it's a big deal isn't it I mean to me that feels like the biggest story in town it it absolutely is the biggest story in town backed up by the fact that there are billboards at bus stops on the walk that I do from my hotel to Roland Garros that simply have a sort of um a shadowed 
image of Serena Williams, not even, uh, not even, it's, it's in profile and it's not even in full colour, but yet her silhouette is enough, for, you know, she's so easily identifiable. It's sort of a silhouetted image of Serena Williams and it just says the Queen is back and then there's the tiniest little Roland Garros logo in, in the corner. You know, it, it yeah, it's a, it's a story that completely speaks for itself. It uh, It's added to by the fact that we really don't know what, what to expect and I think we really really do mean that I think as much as I think most people are predicting that she will win against Christina Pliskova tomorrow I think if she were to lose there would be surprise but not shock that's that's personally my feeling I think she will win yeah I think she will win but I'm not going to be absolutely taken aback if we see a Serena that just isn't ready to play on clay at this level I, I still think that she could still turn up on the grass and do something, even if she were to lose tomorrow. But that's a whole separate conversation. So, oh my goodness, I can't wait. I really hope, David, that the the crowds are in the Philip Chatrier Stadium because it's been yes. it's been disappointing. It's been disappointing. The attendance isn't disappointing. I've no doubt the numbers are are brilliant. It really has. You know, the the atmosphere when you walk around the place is no different. But I don't know if if the shops are better this year and people are spending more time in the shops or uh, getting your seats, people. For goodness' sake, watch the tennis. um, String quartets that they employ to play in the corridors of Roland Garros are better, and everyone's standing and enjoying those. But it's definitely fewer bums on seats. I'm I'm sure I'm not imagining that. You know. Kvitova Chipero Roy today. Okay, I know it was the first match on, and that you know, regardless of the match, a slow starters. But that match was well over two hours long. It finished after lunch, perfect weather, and it wasn't nearly full, and that was that was a shame. So I really yeah, hope it is that moment when Serena Williams takes to the court, and there's all the nervous energy and and uh, everything that goes with it. I just hope it has the crowd. Uh, that it deserves. Can I just very quickly mention uh, Christina Medenovic, David? I meant to insert her name sure. uh, while we were talking about tumblings down the rankings. And there was a really good turn of phrase that you used in um, Madrid when Joe Conta faced uh, Magdalena Rabarakova. And, and it was really startling to see that Rabarakova was the seeded player and Joe Conta the unseeded player. And you said, you know, her rankings caught up with her results. Well, finally... It has happened to Kristina Medanovic, the quarterfinalist here last year, the finalist uh, in Madrid. You know, one she was talked about as a contender for the title here last year. She was one of the form players, and she's lost in the first round today to Andrea Petkovic. No shame in that. Petkovic uh, has had some great results here and such a popular player. Brilliant for her. I'm delighted. But Kiki Medanovic will fall to 54 in the world. I believe after this, fifty-four in the world, wow. and that with, is a with drop no, and a half, isn't it? Well. yeah, with no signs really that 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 fall will will arrest any signs any any time soon. There are no real green shoots of growth for Christine Medanovic, so it's a weird one. It is a weird one. Right, Catherine, go to bed. Go and have your cheese board. Uh, That's what you do at this time of night in the French Open in Paris. Um, And uh, we will be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with Melanie Bowes, our executive producer, with Triple S, with TennisBalls.com, with Charlie the Ferret. Thank you all for your sixth birthday wishes for the tennis podcast. We love you all. See you tomorrow.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.